Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What we're about to talk about falls somewhere between cowardly and just straightforwardly pathetic. It's certainly a damning indictment. Now, according to Politico, a US media outlet, President Joe Biden has privately called Benjamin Netanyahu a bad effing guy. Well, that's something in the abstract that I, myself, and presume many of you would agree on with the president. One minor, tiny little difference, of course, we're not arming and backing this bad effing guy, Benjamin Netanyahu, as he prosecutes what the highest court on earth, the International Court of Justice, has declared is a plausible genocide. Now, Politico bases this on quote-unquote people who've spoken, talked to the president, but Biden's spokesperson in the address of transparency, Andrew Bates, said the president did not say that, nor would he, adding that they have a decades-long relationship that is respectful in public and private. No kidding. Biden has a long history, actually, of slavish loyalty to the Israeli state, including when it's dominated by the brand of unapologetic, naked, right-wing extremism represented by the likes of Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, we've had more of this kind of thing leaked before. In mid-January, Axios had a piece headlined, Biden running out of patience with Bibi as Gaza war hits 100 days. Now, Biden, according to that article, was supposedly angry at all sorts of things Israel was doing, including on humanitarian aid and civilian casualties, and allegedly ended the phone call by saying, this conversation is over. Tough guy. Now, it's clear what's happening here, and we'll go through some of this, because it is fascinating. To begin with, let's just hear what the, what the BBC security correspondent, Frank Gardner, had to say. The United States provides the bulk of the military aid to Israel. So, you know, I'm not advocating this or suggesting this, but simply, you know, if the US wanted to really turn off the taps and put the pressure, they would cut off the military aid. Yes, well, quite. One phone call and it's all over. Israel has received more aid from the US since World War II than any other country on Earth. According to the US non-profit fact-checking service PolitiFact, that is $318 billion of aid, military, economic, and supposedly also humanitarian. That's quite the sum of money, to say the least. Under Joe Biden, the administration has twice bypassed Congress to approve emergency weapon sales to Israel. You can see why, when I interviewed her, the Palestinian legal analyst Dinah Boutou described the onslaught against Gaza as an Israeli-American attack. Now, bear all of that in mind when you keep hearing these supposed pleas by the US administration to avoid killing civilians, like a Washington Post article headlined, Israel agrees to protect civilians when Gaza war resumes. The date of that article was the 30th of November, 2023. How's all that gone then, as we can see? civilians being protected. Not quite something Israel has excelled at either before or after that day. What Biden and his team are doing here is very cynical. He knows, and his advisors know, that a lot of Americans who the Democrats treat as voting fodder are angry. The mass slaughter of innocent people in Gaza hasn't gone down well with them. And that's maybe Muslim Americans, Arab Americans, younger Americans in particular, in terms of demographics by age, and generally progressive Americans who just aren't particularly partial to mass murder. One recent poll finds that 50% of Biden's self-described voters 
think Israel is committing genocide. But Biden sees Israel as a fundamental guarantor of US strategic interests in the Middle East, which is why he wishes to slavishly defend Israel. It's very important to make this point because anti-Semitic conspiracy theorists would have you believe that Israel is calling the shots because it somehow runs the US and taps into these ideas of um, secretive Jewish power, which are always been integral to anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. That's not what's happening here. It's the US, which is calling the shots globally and running the show, but sees Israel as just one example of something which furthers its interest. Let's just listen to Joe Biden himself in 1986 in Congress. It's about time we stop those of us who support, as most of us do, Israel in this body, for apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made. None. It is the best $3 billion investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. Well, listening to him back then, it's clear how he sees Israel as furthering the interests of, well, what we could call US imperialism. So let's just return to that Politico article where Biden is apparently swearing about Netanyahu in private while publicly arming Israel and ensuring its mass slaughter can continue. As the Politico article says, it's the left that presents the most acute peril to the president. The article suggests that if Jill Stein is the Green Party nominee and leftist political activist Cornel West is on the ballot in key battleground states, they will drain votes from Biden. Now, throughout the presidential contest to come, here's what's going to happen. At almost all the public events Biden does, there will be protesters holding him to account for his complicity in the mass murder of Palestinians. Let's see one recent example. If you really care about the lives lost here, you should honor the lives lost and call for a ceasefire in Palestine. Ceasefire! 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 That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. their passion and I've been quietly working I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza I'm using all that I can to do that whole scene is gross by the way you can hear Biden at the end lying through his teeth about doing all he can in a garbled response which is admittedly pretty hard to properly interpret but basically suggesting he's trying to restrain Israel there's no evidence of that. He could do that if he used military support from the US as leverage. He has chosen not to do so. But hearing those heartless, soulless party hacks in the audience chanting a macho partisan chant in response to a protest over the mass murder of thousands of Palestinians. Gross. Nauseating. Now, the point made in the Politico article is obviously these protesters are not going to vote for Donald Trump. 
In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. But Biden may lose them to third-party candidates, or they may simply sit on their hands and just not vote at all. And you can see why they're worried. Polling shows often at the moment that Trump is ahead. Yes, that Donald Trump. And Trump doesn't need to win the popular vote. He got nearly 3 million votes less than Hillary Clinton in 2016, but he still won thanks to the Electoral College. Now, according to Politico, Kamala Harris, the vice president, has been pleading for the administration to show more empathy for the plight of Gazans. Look, I'll level with you here. I think... American voters who are angry over this want Gazans to stop suffering. I don't think they're going to be bought off by making Gazans die and suffer, but then crying a bit more about it, actually, unless they're terminally gullible. I actually think they're going to find that nauseatingly hypocritical to begin with. And, and indeed, the US administration has been doing that, as the Politico article goes on to talk about. Um, he says, uh, the journalist behind this piece, White House office officials told me it was purposeful Thursday before Biden made his first trip to Michigan this year that the president used his remarks at the National Prayer broadcast to decry hate against Arab Americans and offer prayers for those, quote-unquote, held hostage or under bombardment or displaced, while simultaneously releasing an executive order levying sanctions on Israeli settlers in the West Bank who've committed acts of violence on Palestinians. So that's supposed to reassure people, is it? A passing reference to Palestinians under bombardment from US bombs. Just Can we just keep making that point? US bombs or display, displaced, again, thanks to US weapons, at a prayer breakfast. So he's done a kind of, oh, boo-hoo-hoo, sad face as a passing reference and then brief that to journalists to serve up to disgruntled Democrat voters, hoping, hoping that will just buy them off. And you could say, well, oh, what, he levied sanctions on Israeli settlers committing violence. That's action, isn't it? But compared to the US doing nothing to stop Israel, planting half a million settlers in illegal settlements, making an independent, viable Palestinian state impossible, all backs up with a policy of apartheid for those Palestinians, mass incarceration, the basic attack on basic civil liberties, mass death, 240 Palestinians killed in the West Bank before October 7th last year alone. It's insulting. This is just completely insulting. There was a really striking passage, though I found reading this piece, actually found it kind of incredible and revealing. Um, you'll see what I mean. It says, part of the president's challenge, particularly with younger Amer- Amer- Democrats, deriving their news almost entirely from social media, is they don't hear of Biden pushing Netanyahu behind the scenes. What? The complaint here is that younger Americans aren't being bombarded with completely cynical and transparent briefings to pliant journalists at various centrist publications and broadcasters misleading American audiences into thinking the administration actually is doing things to stop the mass slaughter and carnage and depravity Israel's unleashing every single day. 
So kind of, well, look, I know you're seeing all this mass death and horrible suffering, but Biden is really having some stern words behind the scenes. Now, it's right, actually, that a lot of younger Americans are probably seeing, thanks to social media, the sorts of things cable TV is keeping from their screens, like the full scale of destruction and death, images and videos of dead children or, or, or grieving chair children, uh, grieving parents, mourning for them. And indeed, Israeli soldiers gleefully posting their war crimes on TikTok to be served up as comic fodder for public amusement. It's quite the confession, I thought, that reading that in that Politico uh, passage. Now, one former Obama aide is quoted saying, people don't see Joe Biden chewing out BB on the phone. Oh, God, it gets, this is just, it, it really is just performative gibberish, the, this form of politics, isn't it? It really is. It's not about substance. It's actually about style. It's tone. So fucking what? If he is doing that, it's empty performative nonsense. Biden has massive leverage. It does not come from the tone of voice he uses in phone calls. Him going, well, aren't you a naughty boy, Mr. Netanyahu? It comes from military aid and the US administration just showers Israel with military aid and other forms of military aid while offering public diplomatic cover. They bypass Congress to give America, the Israeli state weapons. Why do these phone calls matter? And this idea that, oh, well, we're not brainwashing younger Americans with, you know, pliant journalists giving these little tidbits of what's happening behind the scenes. Finally, Politico ends with, I got a taste of what's brewing at a conference this week convened by the University of Southern California's Centre for the Political Future. It was a mostly decorous forum in, which, in the Chandelier Town and Gown Club, where a portrait of Pat Nixon still hangs prominently. Then a student took the microphone and confronted longtime Biden advisor, John Anzalone with a question. Well, it was more of a statement. Michigan's voters, the student warned, are not going to vote for genocide Joe. Look, I know what's going to happen here. It is so obviously transparent. And I say this fully aware, by the way, that Donald Trump is a right-wing, hardcore Muslim-hating racist. Dangerous. A would-be dictator. Surrounded by other dangerous extremists. And it's clear that Israel's extremist leaders themselves can't wait until Trump's back in the White House. They think they'll get away with even more. Fine, I get that. And indeed, I also appreciate the potentially terminal danger US democracy finds itself in. And I would just quickly point a finger there at the centrist establishment of the Democrats. I know they think they don't have any accountability or responsibility there. I think history says otherwise. But they're just going to conclude, let's just scream at these voters. How dare you not consider vote, voting for Joe Biden? You're moral disgrace if you don't. You, you are Donald Trump lovers. I wonder if that strategy will work. You see, you can't just tell voters, often in the most rude way possible, you are our voting fodder. You belong to us. We can do what we like. You were banned from even contemplating using your vote as leverage. How dare you even think about that? We will preside over the mass slaughter of innocent people in what is an alleged genocide, and so there. Tough shit. If you don't like it, tough. It's either us or something far worse. I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think it will work. I actually think that is a massive menace to American democracy itself. Something's got to give. And if Joe Biden ends up losing to Donald Trump, it's not those angry voters who just were not partial to mass slaughter and alleged genocide to blame. It will be Joe Biden, his allies to blame. Nobody else. Please like and subscribe. Do share the video. Support as ever on patreon.com forward slash listen to the podcast. Speak to you soon.